Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. It is so gorgeous out today, and yesterday I enjoyed a wonderful walk. It is just absolutely gorgeous here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I want to welcome our loyal readers, I mean loyal readers, our loyal listeners, and those who are tuning in for the first time to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf. This is a glorious Saturday, March 19, 2011, and I thank you so much for being here with us. As always, it's a joy to have you here with us. For those who are tuning in for the first time, I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, again, coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I do thank you again for your support, and I encourage you to pick up a copy of Long Walk Up. That's my latest book. It is a very, very moving and inspirational story about a young girl who is orphaned as a child after her mother passes from malaria, and she goes on to become Africa's first woman president. I do encourage you to get a copy of Long Walk Up today. You won't even have to spend $10 for the book. If you get it at chisel.com, you never pay shipping and handling, and that's C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. Or you can pick up a book at any online or offline bookstore. If you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for Long Walk Up by Denise Turney, and they can order it for you because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And now on this incredibly blessed day, I am so honored to bring to you a writer who has been with us here on Off the Shelf before, and we're delighted to have her back as she as she will talk about her latest title that's soon to be on bookstore shelves and also an event in Los Angeles that she's going to in the 1st of April. As she is, uh, this phenomenal woman has offered several books, including Talk to Me, Guilty of Love, Not Guilty of Love, and Still Guilty. And her, her latest book was is Crowning Glory. And many of you might have seen her books in online and, and offline at stores like Walmart. She's a graduate of Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts. She's also a wife, and she loves genealogy. She's traced some of her own family history, which you can see when you go to visit her website. Her books have won awards and made the bestseller list. Who is this phenomenal woman? She is the one and only Pat Simmons, and she is online at www.patsimmons.net, and that's P-A-T-S-I-M-M-O-N-S.net. Again, that's patsimmons.net. Please go over, check out our website. Even as we do this interview, you can read some of the excerpts from her books, see some of her family pictures that she has put up, and learn a little bit more about her. But for now, welcome to Off the Shelf, Pat. Denise, thank you so much for the introduction. I was wondering, who is this person? (laughs) Oh, so welcome. It's so good to have you back here again with us. And I definitely want to talk about your latest title, which is due to launch soon. Uh, and, And actually, I want to start with that. Then I want to talk to you about the process of writing, as we have many listeners here on Off the Shelf who have been dreaming and thinking about either writing a story for the first time, but they never have gotten around to it, somehow talking themselves out of it, or they've written stories or poetry and they have convinced themselves that nobody would publish it. So I want to talk about that process since you have done, you have done something that millions of people would like to do but haven't yet done. Not only have you done it, you've done it well, and you continue to do it. And you know many others who who have, so you can help many of our off-the-shelf listeners here this morning. Let's talk about crowning glory. Can you just let our listeners hear 
an off-the-shelf, give them a brief synopsis of the book without giving the story away. What what are some of the conflicts, some of the things that happen in Crowning Glory that help this story to move forward? Well, thank you so much, um, Denise, for asking about Crowning Glory. That will hit the bookshelves um, I'll have my copies next week, um, the last week in March. But Crowning Glory, I believe, and it's just my opinion, I'll let the readers determine, is the best book that I've ever written. And I'm saying that because I have... I have amassed a group of uh, readers that are part of the Guilty Series fan club. So, But, but Crown and Glory, um, the synopsis basically is Cinderella had a prince, but Karen Wallace has a king. Uh, while Karen, Karen served four years in prison for an unthinkable crime, she embraced salvation through the Crowns for Christ outreach ministry. And so we thank God for prison ministries. After her release, Karen stays strong and confident despite the stigma society puts on ex-offenders. And we all are part of that society. God help us not to judge our brother and sister. But Mm -hmm. she stays strong based on the scripture, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Now, the the hero in the story is Levi Tolliver. Get ready for the Tollivers. For the most part, he's a practicing Christian. The only contradiction is he doesn't believe in turning the other cheek. You know, there you go right there. Um, He's a Mm -hmm. steadfast that there's a price to pay for every sin committed. And he's like that, uh, especially after the untimely death of his wife during a botched robbery attempt. Mm. Then, Then Karen enters his life. He's not only enthralled with her beauty but her sweet spirit until he learns about her incarceration. And um, if 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 Levi can accept that Christ paid Karen's debt in full, then a treasure awaits him. And the wow. story is about redemption, the permanency of redemption. You know, once Christ redeems us, we are redeemed. Yes. You know, it's, it's what we do with that redemption. So it's definitely a love story. If you like Cinderella, this is a modern-day Cinderella story. I gotta have a happy ending. Get ready to laugh at the sidekick's buttercup. Um, you're gonna fall in love with Rossi. You're gonna fun, fall in love with the Tollivers. Um, you're gonna love Karen's character. You're gonna be rooting for, crying with her, rejoicing with her. Um, and then there's Jet, Jacetta. I think you're gonna be able to identify with her. She. I don't want to say she's the villain, but for some reason she's one of my favorite characters. I can I identify with, with her emotions. So um, when I finished the book and did my rewrites, the book came to be da 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 428 pages. And I'm thinking, Whoa. I know, and I'm like, have I lost my mind? Oh, so I went on, I, I, I don't know what type of font I was using, but... Um, I went on Facebook, and I'm like, okay, everybody, I don't know what I was thinking. I've just done my rewrites. And I said, my book is 428 pages. Who is going to read a 428 pages? And the hits start coming. They were like, I am, I am. And then one of my wow. book members, I'm going to read it in a day. And I'm like, okay, sister, I'm, I'm going to be waiting to hear from you. But uh, I'm really proud of this story. I try to take... Each story I write seriously, I do my research, mm-hmm. I, I interview, you know, those that are in the field, as I did with this one. And okay. uh, I'm just I'm I'm just 
waiting to hear people's response because when I did the research, I did not realize that women are the fastest-growing prison population. Did not know that. And I'm sure I'm among Mm. others that did not know that. So what happens when our sisters are released? If I knew Mm. everything about you, Denise, I may not even like you. But But you know, I mean, seriously. But unfortunately. No, no, I mean, yes. (laughs) I mean, that's true. All of us, yeah. Right. If you knew everything about me, you probably wouldn't like me. But what happens to the sister that is released and everybody knows everything about them? You know, and there's something. You know, but there's a saying that says Christ looked beyond our faults and saw our needs. So when I say we, I'm talking about Pat Simmons, too. So when our sisters are released, what can we do to help our sisters? I mean, for Karen, she knew she had to get a job, and, and you know, she she's on probation uh, for, I think, 13 months. So she had a place to live. But what, what happens after that? The only thing she's thinking about is staying out of prison for a crime that the judge didn't even want to send her to prison for. But the wow. family's like, no, she has to pay. Um, so she's not even thinking about love. And I can read an excerpt for you, but I think it is a Cinderella story. And even for the listeners out there, I encourage them to go to my website because I stumbled across it's a table lamp that has a crystal slipper at the base. Mm -hmm. And I'm raffling that off. Um, Anyone that purchases my book and posts a review on Amazon during the month of April, their name goes in for a drawing. And after that, I'll have some other prizes. But April, you know, you can go to my website. It's on the homepage. I do believe I'll put it on the homepage where you can see a picture and I'm just really eager um, to to see if people think what I think. Um, if you sign up for my newsletter, which you can on my website, then you have been privy to the expert the excerpts that I send every month. And one of my book club members, um, Yolanda Knox, she she always tells me, "Don't send me any more excerpts. I'm ready for the book." So. <laughs> I, I'm ready for the book to be released. Uh, it's a thick book, uh, but I enjoyed Thanks. writing it. I think you're going to laugh. I think you're going to cry. I think you're going to be happy. I just, I just think it's a good book, and I'm saying that not so much as an author, but it's a book that I would read and would stick to my bones for a long time to come and would make me think the next time one of our sisters has been, you know, incarcerated. And by the way, the, the, most of them are for nonviolent offenses, just getting caught up with the wrong man uh, mm. in in drugs and just nonviolent. Mm. We're not talking about violence. I mean, there are some like that. But, right. you know, I was surprised when I was doing my research and I talked to a parole and probation officer Shout out mm-hmm. to uh, Ryola Williams in St. Louis. 
I called him and I said, okay, what time does Cinderella need to be in at night? I got until midnight, right? He's like, no, mm-hmm. she's being at 10. 10? I said, do you know how this interferes with her dating life? And he, you know, he laughed. But, but you know, I was surprised because at 10 o'clock, if you're living in a halfway house, you know, if you, Denise, if you're saying, okay, Pat, I'll be there at 3 and you're just a few minutes late, no big deal. But if you're mm-hmm. not there when the clock strikes 10, where in Cinderella, oh, yeah. she had a couple of more hours. But if you're not there when the clock strikes 10, they lock that door. So technically, the only thing they have to do is call the police and say, she has violated her parole back to jail. Wow. I mean, I can't yeah. phantom that. You know, we have so much liberty. I can't phantom that. And so my heart bleeds. And so even yeah. now I ask the Lord, help me not to judge. Help me to look beyond yes. those people's faults. Because once again, if I knew everything about you, Denise, I probably wouldn't like you. If you knew everything yeah. about me, you prob- probably would not like me. But there's more. Yeah. There's so much more to us than our past. There's so much more. Yes. And so I think yeah. readers will pull for, for quote-unquote, Cinderella because you want her to be happy. This is a woman that's not pitying herself. She's accepting her mm-hmm. responsibility, but she's a tough one because she's belie- she's holding on to that scripture. He who the son has set free is free indeed. And yes. even though some of us may have never been to prison, that's a scripture we have to hold on to because of our past and some things that we've done. Once God has redeemed us from those things, and we have let go of those things, we need to hold on to that scripture so that when the devil say, well, you know what you used to be, and we can talk back to the devil and say, he who the son has set free is free and date. Take that. You know, I mean, and so that's that's the type of personality she has. She refuses to go back into a mental prison. She's got to stay strong. She actually believes the Bible that helps save her in prison. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to people reading it. You know, okay. it's about a woman that has been redeemed. Right. And now when does it come out? When is it going to be on the market in the one or two months? Or oh, no, what no, month no. Is it? I'm counting down the days. It's going to be oh. in the bookstore in 10 days. Okay, um, I know. Ten days, I know. And I go know. to patsimmons.net. She's raffling off for those who read the book. Put a comment on Amazon.com. You can enter a raffle uh, for the for a, a prize. Again, that's Pat. I'm sorry, patsimmons.net. Patsimmons.net. P-A-T-S-I-M-M-O-N-S.net. I would love for somebody from off the shelf to win that prize because it's open to anybody who goes to a website. So I love for one of our listeners. To, to win it. So you have to go to patsimmons.net and then post your comments on Amazon.com. You follow the instructions at her website. And hopefully one of our listeners will be back in touch with us and let us know that one of you won, 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 the, won the raffle prize, which I hope one of our listeners does win. But whoever wins, I say congratulations to them. Uh, Pat, how long was Rossi's wife deceased before he meets Karen? How long has it been, like a couple of years? Or? You're asking me for details here. I think it was <laughs> about two years. I think it was about, okay. well, you know what, I think two to three years, two to three years, because mm-hmm. he has a little girl, which makes it even okay. worse for him. Yeah, I was going to ask you next, is, is he looking for a woman 
at this point. I know he's, he and Karen just bump into each other, but is he looking for a woman to help care, care for his daughter, Dory, or did he did he always plan to raise her as a single parent? Absolutely not. He is not looking for another woman. He, I mean, ah. come on. You know, women throw themselves at me, and the only thing they need is a reason. Ah, a daughter. Hey, I'll make a perfect mother. He's not looking mm-hmm. for that. He's He is caught in a purgatory state. He wants to move on, but he, he, he doesn't want to live in misery, but he can't. He has a brother who is the minister, per se, of the family, Rossi has prayed for him. You know, uh, when I talked to the victim's counselor, um, she just enlightened me on the emotions of a victim. And one of the things, which I'm guilty of, uh, no pun intended, intended, is we give people three months basically to move on. And if you haven't moved on from your grief, I'm, I don't know what to say. I can't help you. But she says yeah. there's no time for a person to move mm-hmm. on that wakes up the next day and says, okay, I'm ready. There, There is no time frame. And right. unfortunately, that's some of the things we put on people. We're not that close to it. So we have moved on and we expect others mm-hmm. to move on. And the lady that, and I have to say this, the lady that I interviewed for my character, we met at the library, and when I went in, she was so unassuming. You would have never, you would have walked past her. She she was not someone you would have noticed. You might have even thought that she was homeless, Be, just mm-hmm. because of her, she wasn't dressed ragged, raggedly, but just because of her mannerism, she just she she wasn't trying to catch anyone's eye. And when mm-hmm. I introduced myself to her, because I've worked as a radio reporter and I've worked in television for ten years, so when I introduced myself to her, you know, I had my laptop, I had my questions already ready. But then I also had the sensitivity by me working as an assignment editor. You know, I I knew how to interview her with dignity, not just to get the story. Right. And one thing that stuck with me that even to this day I still see the image is when the victim counselor referred Ella to me, I didn't know that her husband had just died like 13 months earlier. I'm thinking, Mm. you know, five years. So this was still raw. And right. if I had a known, I would have said, do you have anybody else? Mm-hmm. But maybe this is her story to tell because as I was interviewing her, and then to make matters worse, her husband was shot in a drive-by when he opened his front door. Oh, She's coming out of her bedroom. So basically she's wow. living. So I said, so Ella, you're living in the crime scene. And she's like, yeah. So that just tugged at me. Then she reaches in her purse because, of course, this is an emotional conversation. And I said, well, you know, Ella, we can stop here. Because at that point, it wasn't that serious. But she wanted Mm -hmm. to keep going. She says, no, my children thought it would be good. And I'm like, okay. So then we stopped and I prayed for her because I could feel her pain. Mm -hmm. So she reaches in her purse. And, of course, She's sniffing. I'm thinking she's going into her purse to get a Kleenex. Mm-mm. The woman goes in her purse and pulls out a face towel, a face cloth. 
mm-hmm. to contain her tears. Wow. Yeah. Not a Kleenex, not a handkerchief, but a washcloth. And mm-hmm. that did something to me. It's just letting yeah. you know how heavy, right. how heavy her tears were. And from her interview, I knew how to paint my character's grief. Mm. And so this isn't just some, you know, I'm, it's not that I create my characters not knowing what I'm talking about because we all have been in a situation where we've lost loved ones. Right. But I needed to find out someone who had actually been a victim of crime. And so I think I wrote, you know, crowning glory with that same sensitivity. But it's a balancing act because there's a line that has to be erased between Karen and Levi. Karen mm-hmm. committed a crime. Right. Levi is a victim of crime. Now, right then and there, how are these two going to get together? Oh, and yeah. so that's, that's where the love story begins. And wow. even, though, mm-hmm. even though that's a subject matter, it's not mm-hmm. a depressing story per se, even though what I've told you, but it is such a good story. And I think because of that, readers are going to root for Karen and Levi. They're okay. going to work with them. They're going to want to see Levi move on and happy, and they're going to want to see Karen happy. Okay. Who is Rossi, and is he is 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 he stalking a woman in the story? No. Rossi, what happens is Levi is so infatuated with Karen. She works as a bookseller because when you get out of prison, if you can get a job, which is required, yeah, yeah. if you can get any type of job, you're happy. And she got a job, mm-hmm. so she's not making a lot of money, but that's a requirement uh, to be on uh, probation. You have to you have to get a job. Mm-hmm. And so he was going up to the shopping center to, you know, just, you know, visit with her. He thought he saw her at a bus stop. So he's driving, and then everything gets in his way. A SUV gets in his way. Everything gets in his way. And by the time he gets to the bus stop she's getting on the bus and it's dark and the only thing he could see on the bus is all these men and his little Karen he wasn't playing that so he followed her bus home to make sure she got home okay well of course she didn't know this and so then when he told Rossi Rossi's like oh okay so now you're a stalker so that's where the word stalker comes in in the book Rossi, Rossi is Levi's cousin and so Rossi is saying, okay, so now you're stalking women. Well, it was for her protection, you know. <laughs> but Karen doesn't know that. But he, once he falls for her, he's very protective. He's very protective of her. Okay. Uh, how does Rossi's relationship with his wife, who's passed on, how does that relationship, and how long were he and his wife married, and how long did his relationship with his wife, who's transitioned, how does that influence his relationship with other women years later? Okay, now Rossi is not married. Rossi is Levi's cousin. Oh, Levi, 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 Levi's Levi. Levi, right. No, that's wife. okay. Okay. Yeah, and Rossi is something else. Rossi is named okay. after four generations of Rossi in my life. So I like to use, you know, names from my ancestors to to um, put in my characters. Um, they were 
married for two years. So we're talking about a young marriage, oh, you know, which just okay. intensifies it even more. He marries yes. this woman who thinks that, you know, we got the rest of our lives together. So yeah. that I mean, I made sure that I painted this as something a really hard burden. A lot of authors, when they want to kill someone off, they put them in a car accident. But I didn't want it in a car accident. And I actually modeled the scenario with um, a massacre that happened in St. Louis in the 80s that always stuck with me. So I I bring real, true-life events into the story, but I tweak it, but I don't harp on it because no one wants to read a sad story. And even though I'm telling you these tidbits, as a backdrop, it's not a sad story. It's like, mm, I don't want to read that. You know, and I do right. have, you know, I do have a page. Uh, it's actually a two-page excerpt to read so listeners can see what I'm talking about. I have to mention what happened only so that people will understand why he can't move on or why he's having a problem moving on. But the story is not about him and his wife, Diane. It's not about him. It's just the back the backdrop. That's all it is. Oh, okay, okay. What what does Levi learn about life and love as crown and glory unfolds? What what does he learn about life and love? Because we always we always I think somehow think we know it all or enough, and then something happens or we meet somebody who comes to show us even more. What does he learn about life and love as this story unfolds? Simply, he learns that everything is not black and white. He learns that. You know, um, in the introduction, I basically told you the synopsis that, you know, he doesn't believe in turning the other cheek, and he believes there's a Mm -hmm. price to pay for every every sin. But, you know, God is the judge of sin. You know, and some people put emphasis on on one sin versus the other, but, you know, no. God, the only emphasis God puts on sin is that there is a sin unto death. And one of the apostles said, pray that you never, you know, do it. You mm-hmm. know, there's, you know, whether we take someone's life or fornicate or lie to the Holy Ghost, sin is sin. But mm-hmm. God is the judge of sin. He is the judge of sin. So Levi realizes that. Unless he understands. See, that's our problem. We don't try to understand why people do what they do or the mistakes that people make. Unless he, until he understands. And he, he when, once he learns what she did, he still has a hard time understanding. But he, he loves her. He, he can't turn off his love. So he has to make a decision. Am I going to love her for who she is today and help to understand what she did in the past? Or am I going to walk away from this woman who after two years is the first woman that has caught my attention, that pulls on my heartstrings? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pitting two opposite teams. These mm-hmm. are two opposite teams. You know, Karen is right. not expecting is not expecting to fall in love. And well, neither one of them were. It sort of just kind of happens. It happens. And then they both, and one of them, like you said, his wife was killed, and the other one did commit a crime. So it's, you're really just taking the two completely 
opposite spectrums, and one's not for turning the other cheek, and one would like, right. you know, people to do that. Right. Them. So that that is that is uh, and I think that that is a great conflict, and just the characters themselves. There'll be people I'm sure who will root for Levi inside with him, and those who will root for Karen. And I would imagine that for the story to be, uh, I guess, fruitful or successful. Both Karen and Levi are going to have to change even more from what they start out like in the story. Even though she sounds like she's gone through and learned a lot, somewhere she's got to even change some right. kind of way right. for this to work. So that generally happens with any story, just like in our lives. If we insist upon not changing, then okay, well, then nothing does change. But you, we have to change for things to change. I found that. That's the hard part for many of us. Right. We don't get what we want sometimes because we really to do any and everything except change ourselves. That's the last thing we want to do. In right. what ways, Pat, you said crown and glory, you said at the start of the, this interview on Off the Shelf, that this you felt was your best book, and I'm so happy to hear you say that. And I hope with each new book that you write, you you truly feel that and say that because as for myself as an author when I feel a story I write is really strong readers tend to tell me the same thing in what ways Pat because you are a prolific writer in what ways is crowning glory different from every other book that you've written so far well you know my first book was guilty of love and since then I've moved on to establish the guilty series fan club because people like the strong characters in that book and even my editor um, said, Pat, you've outdone yourself. You, you, you've done it. Wow. You've done it. And so that was just confirmation that it wasn't just Pat thinking that. And it's funny because when I was telling my husband and my, and my cousin about the book, they were frowning and looking at me, and they were like, huh, that's a love story? But that's just the backdrop. I Probably because of my news background, I'm issue-driven. I mean, I like mm-hmm. a good, light romance, but if I'm going to write a book, Let's learn something together along the way. Let's let's learn Mm -hmm. something. Let me find out first, like I didn't know women were the fastest growing population, and then let me just share it with you, and what you do with it is up, you know, is up to you, but let me share that with you. And um, I just think, I think it's timely today. I think it's a a timely subject today. I've never Mm -hmm. been in prison except to tour it. When I right. when I was a student reporter in Boston, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to go in one. You know, I've right. seen them on television. I I don't want right. to. You know, I don't want to go in one. And I and right. I do feel sorry. I mean, I know. I don't want to say I have compassion because that's not for me to to, to boast on. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be one of those type of people without feelings. When people do something wrong and say, "Well, you know what? They they getting what they deserve," but oh, mm-hmm. oh, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we all oh, would yeah. get, we all would get what we deserve, you oh, know. And mm-hmm. so I'm, it's it's dealing with a subject matter. It's dealing with someone that can't move on. See, that's the contrast: someone that can't move on, and someone that has moved on. And mm-hmm. if if it wasn't for Karen's sidekick, Buttercup, and Buttercup is a hoot. If it wasn't for Buttercup constantly working on Karen, I mean, and she is working on Karen, 
telling Karen, you need to so-and-so. You need to tell him. I can't tell him. You know, he who the son is set free is free indeed. Yes, I understand that. But you you got to tell him before this goes any farther. And she's like, but I'm not. I'm not supposed to tell anybody. She says, you don't tell a grocery checker. You don't tell the mailman. But you tell the man you love, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so Buttercup <laughs> is, you know, is on her. No, you don't tell, you know, a stranger on the street. But once you get in a relationship, right? you know, and so Buttercup is her conscious and the church, you know, helps her. I mean, I really did my research on this. Mm-hmm. And... I have read romances in the past that taught me things, and it stuck with me. And Mm -hmm. I just think this is a good book because this isn't your typical love story. This is a modern-day Cinderella story, not dealing with an evil stepmother. This is dealing with evil influences around us and coming out the victor. Okay, it, it it definitely just the contrast in the characters, and the, the just what has happened to both of them in their past and how that shaped them, and then the choices that they have to make after their lives sort of converge, uh, is is intriguing enough to keep to you know go out and get a copy and keep turning the pages to see how the story ends. That said, Pat, how can off the shelf listeners and book lovers how can they go out and get a copy of? Crowning Glory. Can they get a copy even before it's, it's the shelves? Pre-order it. If so, can you tell us some of the places where our listeners can get a, a pre-ordered copy and a copy after the book it is actually out on sale? And also, we let us know if it's available in e- ebook format. Unfortunately, it's up to the publisher to translate it into um, ebook. And so it's up to my publisher and all the authors, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. But until uh-huh. that time, uh, I am working on some short story ebooks. So authors that mm-hmm. love my writing will, within the next couple of months, be able to go on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com and just read. Um, I do have uh, The Same Dress. I do have The Mystery Woman. Those are two little short stories that I'll be putting on there within the next couple of months. But if you go okay. to Amazon now, for Crown and Glory, you can get it for $8.43, and this is a $15 wow. book. So that's really okay. a bargain. They are releasing it on the 29th of March. Uh, the bookstore okay. should have it April 1st, but if you go into some bookstores, a lot of times they have it a couple of days before. Walmart usually has it at a discount, so Walmart should have it as well. Uh, borders, you know, you know, we, authors are pulling for borders. Borders right now mm-hmm. cannot... Uh, order or spend any money on new merchandise, so I, I don't know what to tell you about borders. I would hope they would have it, but I'm doing a few signings, and this is what some of the managers are telling me, Pat, we can't buy anything right now while we're under bankruptcy. So, um, okay. book, yeah, Books a Million, Barnes & Nobles, um, any of, of the other uh, bookstores, um, as well as my website, I sell it for twelve ninety five. Uh, where people can basically, they'll have to pre-order it because it's um, it's not available yet, and I'll autograph it. Um, I am doing a West Coast tour. I'm kicking it off in California, Las Vegas, and then I'll continue on to St. Louis, my hometown, uh, Baltimore, by the end of April. Then I move on to, where am I going? Chicago, I'll be going to Kansas City, 
Uh, wow, lady, you yeah. tonight on the road. Yeah, in June I'll have a stop in Atlanta, in Florida. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, usually when a book comes out I do a 13-city tour, and I just hope that new people will come out and be exposed to my writing as well as some fans. It's so encouraging to be somewhere and someone say, oh, I love that book. Um, I think I was in mm-hmm. Memphis a couple weeks ago, and the lady's like, um, I think my friend read your book. I'm not sure. Let me call and see if she has it. And, and she put her friend on the phone, and her friend was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I can't. You know, and so it was so, it was so funny because it's like, uh, it's just me. I clean my bathroom just like you. But oh that's always goodness. encouraging. That's so encouraging yes. you hear that. Oh, my goodness. Readers, readers to me. I cannot tell, you know, and even when I when I here here on off the shelf, I think sometimes I wonder do people really think I I'm, I really believe what I say when I thank them, and I do. Oh my goodness, my heart wells up. My greatest payoff for a writer is is the reader. I I, I can't tell a reader or the listeners of off the shelf how much they mean to me. They will never ever know. I mean, I just it just means that so much to me. I want to I want to talk next about. Uh, because I like to give our listeners things that will help them. And already just talking about crowning glory, even beyond the fictional aspect of the story, I'm sure many people who might have experienced what Karen's experienced or Levi have already gained something from the interview and will gain even more after they buy and read Crowning Glory, which, again, is due out March the 29th and should be in bookstores April the 1st for off-the-shelf listeners. Pat, for those who want to do what you have done many times, how did you land your publisher? Did you go through a literary agent first? What was that process like for you, and what advice would you give to an off-the-shelf listener who's looking to land a publisher? Well, it's extremely hard to get a publisher and a literary agent, but it was easier to get a publisher than an agent. I'm on my third or fourth agent, I guess you can say, just from the very first process. And um, the agent that I have now, I love, I love her. Um, I just felt that, and my friend would always tell me, Pat, why are you going to get an agent if she's only going to do what you do? She has to do more than what you can do. And so the agent I have now, I'm so satisfied. And I've had bad experiences, and it's not, it's not um, uncommon for an author to have a bad experience, and it just could be uh, what what you're looking for. And um, sometime with an agent I had, I just had a simple question, you know, you know, just a simple question. I didn't know, it, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a trap question. And she said, mm-hmm. okay, what page and what paragraph is that in your contract? And I'm thinking, I don't know. Whoa. And yeah. I just said, okay, now I know this is not for me. So, you know, right. um, you know, the, the agent I have now I like. Um, my book was rejected several times, Guilty of Love, which was the first one. And when uh, uh, Joylyn Jossell emailed me that she loved it, you see, editors always tell you, oh, we love the book, we love it, we love But it's that but that goes in there. When she told me she liked it because she loved, you know, the the Grandma BB, and for for the guilty fans, if you love Grandma BB, you're definitely going to love Buttercup. But um, 
I dismissed the email thinking, okay, right. And then when I read all the way to the bottom, she wanted to extend a deal. And I'm like, oh, my God, wait a minute. So I signed out, and then I went back in. (laughs) And I went back in, and she did, like she said, there were things I had to change, and that was no problem. Mm -hmm. But just the point that someone besides me and my friend (laughs) liked the book, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I have potential here. And so I did make the changes, and the day Mm -hmm. before, literally, the day before it hit the bookstores, I got a rejection letter on the same book from another publisher. Wow. Yeah. What that told me is that it's in the eye of the person who reads it. It's not that it was a bad book. It's just that Mm -hmm. person didn't like it. And I think that, you know, always tell aspiring authors, it's not that your story is bad. There are so many great authors to be discovered out there. Yeah. It's not that your story is bad. It's not that everyone is rejecting you. It's just that your story hasn't gotten in the hands of the right person. Yeah. That's all that means. That's mm. all that means. Be encouraged. But today, mm. aspiring authors have a new tool that, you know, Denise, when you started and when I started, we didn't have. And that's the ebooks. The oh, oh, absolutely. Aspiring yep. authors need to take advantage of ebooks. Some aspiring authors who are now published authors have been discovered on Amazon through their ebooks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I really think that aspiring authors need to look at that. I'm going to be putting some short stories on Amazon only because so many people have been asking me for ebooks and I don't and I and I, you know, out of five books, none of them are an ebook. So, mm-hmm. to keep from losing those fans, um I I'm working on two short stories. That's all I'm putting on is short stories and I and I do want to tell aspiring authors, I don't care how bad you think you are or how many good grades you got in English, pay for an editor. Oh, yeah. Pay for an editor. I have relearned my grammar and still learning things, and I have a bad habit of missing Mm. words because it's in my head and I can't type it fast enough, and my husband, you know, thank God for him, has become a proofreader sorts, and then I pay for an editor that I've used um, Mm -hmm. since since after Guilty of Love. and when I submit it to my editor, the publishing house's editor, I want to submit it to them as polished as it could possibly be because, right. you know, when you get that deal, you got seven days to clean that manuscript up. I don't work that good under pressure. And I think mm-hmm. readers can tell when something's rushed. And when you spend your money, I want to give you a good read. I don't want to, you know, take you, you know, take you to the door and then shut it in your face. I don't want to do that. So... I really would tell aspiring authors, if you got a story, and it's good to you, if that story makes you cry and it makes you laugh, you got a winner. What you probably need now is a publish, is an editor to help you polish it. If you can't yeah. work with a published editor, how are you going to work with an editor at a publishing house? Because mm. they're going to tell you things. You yeah. know, um, my publish, my editor, my editor, my freelance editor that I pay for, told me mm-hmm. with you know she says Pat your chapter three should be chapter one. So I okay. went and looked and I emailed her. I said Chandra, mm, 
you know, there's a reason why so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, if you can make that work, and you know what? I couldn't make it work. <laughs> and so I followed her advice, and bam, there you go. Right. You know, another thing I would I, I often say to uh to 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 writers and our off the shelf listeners who want to you know publish a book, I think a lot of times authors don't want to deal with an editor because they don't want the criticism, and you know our our resistance to criticism could come from our childhood that we were criticized and it's subconscious that we just push against that. But you you you're going to get feedback and criticism from readers or editors. I mean, it's kind of- right. Right. Way to avoid criticism is if you write a story and never ever let anybody see it, you know, and just hope nobody ever comes across it. And I forget the poet who wrote her poems and and she didn't share them, but it was a, I want to say Emily Dickinson, but they they're all over the world now. So even even her stories, you know, they're very greatly highly appreciated. But either the reader is going to do the criticism and give you the feedback, and maybe tell other readers, and you'll never even know what they're saying or the editor is going to give it to you directly. One thing I find beneficial in working with an editor is that it's kind of challenging sometimes as an author. You know what's happening in the story and why it's happening. And it can be difficult to look through the eyes of the reader because you have this knowledge and see that they don't know this stuff. And an editor will will say things to you like, you need to give some more info around this because the reader doesn't know what you – you know it as an author (laughs) – Right, but the absolutely. Reader doesn't know. Right. So that's a, that's another way an editor can help as well. I wanted to ask you. Uh, I want to talk briefly, and definitely want to talk about this because I, I talked with our last guest here for Off Shelf Listeners, Lisa Watson, who was on on Thursday, and she's also going to this event, the Romantic Times Book Lovers Convention, which is in Los Angeles. April the 6th through the 10th, I know you are a co-publicist, you and Lisa, for the event. How in the world did you, this is a humongous event, where over 400 authors attend, and I mean, it is huge, the numbers of readers that come out, all types of genres, best-selling authors on the New York Times bestseller list, and USA Today bestseller list. How did you land a spot for the co-publicist for this humongous event? I, you know, even till today, I've, I've been working on it all week. The it's no longer called the Romantic Times Convention, Book Lovers Convention. It started out that way. It's now called the RT Book Lovers Convention because we have authors that are not uh, in the romantic genre. We have thrillers. Okay. Yeah, it's no longer. It started off, but it's no longer. We have thriller writers. Well, you know, we have like Sharon Butcher. Uh, we have fantasy writers, paranormal writers, you know, you have uh, inspirational writers like myself, you know, you have mystery writers, you have all kind of writers. So it's no longer Romantic Times, it's RT Book Lovers Convention. We even have Dean Koontz coming this year, Catherine Coulter, you know, Heather Graham, L.A. Banks, you know, she, Brenda Jackson. Mm. You know, we have uh, we have so many people. And uh, basically, when the convention was here in St. Louis, I was working at a television station not that far, and I was an assignment editor, which means, you know, we find stories, 
you know, for the newscast or for our reporters to cover. And when that convention was coming into town, I really wanted to attend. And mm-hmm. I contacted the publisher about possibly setting up, you know, either a live shot or having someone come on, you know, to the studio early in the morning to talk about it. And she's like, well, have you ever done PR for any other authors? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, and I had. Mm-hmm. I had done PR for mm-hmm. me and Lisa. <laughs> so so that's how so that's how so that's how you know I started and Lisa and I started uh that year we had a record crowd come to the book fair we pulled our resources wow. together we got interviews for over 40 authors at that time and just this week I was setting up interviews for like Catherine Coulter um with Gosh tv.com you know we have uh, i think five live shots from you know kbk abc you know i have a contact in uh california that's setting that up you know we have uh, the social networks we're doing the blog talk radios we're doing everything and for people that like to go to conventions this is really a readers convention 1000 mm-hmm. readers come from across the world australia switzerland london you know, people save their money to come. Number one, mm-hmm. you come, bring an empty suitcase because you will get so many free books, so many free wow. books. And then the day of the book fair where you have 400 people in one room, you have a chance to buy the latest books or some back copies that you couldn't get, and the author will sign it. You'll have pictures taken. But this is, you know, this is really a reader's convention because you get to smooge with the author, and the mm-hmm. author is so genuine. One of my favorite authors is Heather Graham. We're talking about New York Times, big, big wheel author. She is right. so sweet. And when I set up these TV live shots, we were at KDKA. We did a week-long um, publicity with that station, and every day our authors were featured. And, you know, I would walk them to the station and kind of brief them. And I miss the romance contestants. You know, we got these buff guys, and they're just as, I don't know, just trying to keep them in check. And Heather's like, well, you get in there. Don't forget to promote yourself. And I'm like, Heather, I'm on the payroll. I'm not going to promote myself. And it's so much pleasure watching the best-selling authors as well as the newbies get this publicity Mm -hmm. that they probably wouldn't get. And that's so much satisfaction. So the RT Book Lovers Convention uh, which you can go to www.rtconvention.com. You know, I have to plug that in there as a publicist. But um, mm-hmm. when it's it's a it's a catch, you know, twenty two. The authors come because their fans come, and their fans right. come because their favorite authors come. And right. so it's you know it's a cycle, and it's a convention that. There's parties every night. They have the fairy ball. You know, this week, in addition to doing the publicity, in addition to writing these short stories for e-books, I've been, you know, uh, holed up in my basement sewing these clothes, and I told my mother-in-law, and I've been sewing for 30-plus years, I told my Mm -hmm. mother-in-law, and I usually sew Vogue patterns because I like the designers, and they fit better, and Mm -hmm. I told my mother-in-law, I have just finished the hardest, easiest Vogue pattern I've ever sewn. I mean, that, wow. oh, gosh. It it was an easy Vogue, but it was the, I had the hardest time with it. So, um, y- you know, every night there's a theme party. Oh, my um, goodness. I yeah. can't believe. Are you two the only two? You can't be the only two publicists. Well, every, 
Well, every year we pick up somebody in that city to help us. Uh, like this wow. year, I have picked up a sweet Latina woman to help me target the Latino and Latina market, and she has helped coordinating the television live shots for me. Also this year, we have a woman who is doing the social networks. But every year, everywhere we go, we always you know, try to tap into someone in the local community. And especially with Los Angeles, we have a group of celebrity celebrity stars turn authors who will be at the convention from the Young and Restless General Hospital and um, what is it, the Waltons. You know, we have those people. So this is the convention that you want to be at. And if you're an aspiring author, we have over 125 workshops for aspiring wow. authors. They also have workshops for readers. They have workshops for our booksellers. And... um they even have agents that are there looking for clients. You know, we talked about an agent. They also have mm-hmm. uh, editors from publishing houses, St. Martin's Press, Harlequin, Alora's Kane, Era. They this have the amount of Book Expo America. Oh, my goodness, this is just, like, huge. It's huge, huge. But, it's, but it's with the reader in mind because okay. the, the, when authors find out that that these many readers come, they come. So we have a lot of first-time authors, and once they come, they keep coming because here you go. You know, if you're coming for uh, L.A. Banks and I happen to be there, then I'm pulling some of hers. If you're yeah. coming to see Cammie Tang, who is a dynamic, inspirational author, hey, I'm there. I may pull from you. And so it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. How does an author who wants to come to a a, a future RT Book Lovers Convention, how do they get signed up? To, to Who do they contact? What do they do if an author wants to come to a future RT Book Lovers Convention? Just go on that website. Um, they can go okay. on www.rtbookreviews.com. That website is the magazine that's sponsors the annual RT Book Lovers uh, Convention, and they'll be talking about it year-round. And then um, I don't know when the RT Convention will actually be updated for next year, but next year we're going to Chi-Town. So all those okay. that live in the Midwest, come on down. And then a year after that, we're we're slated to go to New Orleans. Um, oh, so, that- yeah. So every How many year- people attend? Is, is it like It's got to be over 100,000 people, I'm thinking. I'm looking at this. This picture thinking, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just jammed with people. I well, mean, that's the book fair. Yeah. Well, at that book fair last year, 2,000 people. 2,000. Okay. 1,000 were the readers, and then 2,000 people off the sidewalks of Columbus came. And they came, they wow. took our advice. They did come with an empty suitcases. And it's so much fun. Um, I'm always glad to take the plane out and home. Uh, this year I'm coming with, the, with with my Simmons backup team. Um, L.A. has been such a daunting task that I've had my husband help me, my daughter and her boyfriend help me, um, in addition to, you know, the other people that we have tapped to help. You know, Lisa and I are you know, started the publicity, and every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more exhausting and more exhausting and more exhausting. So, um, you know, we can't do it alone. We really can't mm-hmm. do it alone. We, Like I said, we have the lady in California, 
And then we have a lady helping us this year, Danielle, who is doing our social networks. And so it is a daunting task. Um, People always see me going at the convention. Uh, Have you seen Pat Simmons? Mm -hmm. Yep, there she goes. Or, you know, know, when the media crew comes on, I'm always trying to make sure the author is there um, or my TV crew is is where they're supposed to be or, you know, trying to find someone or I'm in the office. And um, if I can sit in on a workshop without someone calling me on the walkie-talkie, I'm doing good. Um, Okay. This year, if I can get in on two workshops, um, then I'll be doing really good. Like I said, we have over a hundred, and wow. so you know, if you're even in Nevada, any of the adjacent states, mm-hmm. we have a day rate that's ninety nine bucks. So for ninety nine dollars, you can come and present your manuscript to an editor or an agent. You can come and sit in on some workshops. Um, you know, if you want to go to the whole convention, the entire convention, it's not too late. We have people that even sign up on site. So, you know, the convention is there. When I started with the convention, I had published an anthology, but I, I didn't have Guilty of Love. And since that time, I have Guilty of Love. I have supporters at the convention. If I call up anybody from Heather Graham or Leslie, a.k.a. L.A. Banks, or Christina Skye, or anyone and say, hey, ladies, I need, whatever I say mm-hmm. I need, I need a book, I need a blurb, I need, you know, I need help in this city, I get. They are so wonderful. They are wow. so wonderful to me. We rub each other's back. Anne Elizabeth, who is a dynamic, um, she's into the graphic novels. She's another sweetheart. Those authors, they know I will take care of them. If I can set an interview, you know, Lisa, I will do that. You know, and in turn, they are so wonderful. And even the publisher, wow. you know, shout out to Carol Stacy, Catherine, you know, okay. Ken, Joe Carroll and her team. You know, we all work together and we've been working together for, I think, Lisa and I have been doing this six years. I can't oh my remember. goodness! Yeah, we've been doing it for <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time, and so I'm thankful for them because even the staff of the RT Book Reviews have been in my corner, and I'm thankful for the people that you know we've picked up this year to help us. You know, I call her Ezzy because it's Esmeralda, but it's Ezzy mm-hmm. and Danielle. You know, we picked them up to help us for Los Angeles, and so you know we've picked up some more people. We're partnering with the Red Cross. You know, we give back to the okay. community. So people that come in and donate blood will be able to uh, put their wow. name in to win a Kindle, uh, courtesy of Margaret Brownlee, an author. And we also will be filling up two barrels of canned goods for uh, the Food Bank of Southern California. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Right. So we, I mean, not only do we spend money at the hotels and establishments, but we also give back to the community. Books will be donated to the public library there. So we're strong. We we come in, we give, we take your uh, readers and, and give them books. We are a force to be reckoned with. We are wow. a force. Wow, Pat yeah. go ahead, girls. <laughs> the RT Book Lovers Convention 2011. You can go online to rtbookreviews.com. And you can, even now, you can sign up to attend $99. You get 
three days of workshops and 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 their their parties and the social events and meeting the authors and other readers who love this across all genres. That's in Los Angeles this year, April the sixth through the tenth. It's something you should go and check at the Westin Bonaventure Hotel, Los Angeles, April the sixth through tenth, RT Book Lovers Convention. You check it out online. Get more info at rtbookreviews.com. We have already come down to less than a minute left in today's interview. It went so fast. I got to tell you, please go get a copy of Crowning Glory. Crowning Glory, Crowning Glory, Crowning Glory. Get that title in your head. Crowning Glory by Pat Simmons. Crowning Glory, Crowning Glory by Pat Simmons. It should be out March the 29th. And then in bookstores, uh, the 1st, April the 1st. And it might hit some bookstores earlier. You can go. Pre-order it at Amazon.com, and then go back to Pat Simmons' website at patsimmons.net, P-A-T-S-I-M-M-O-N-S.net, patsimmons.net, and you can enter to win a enter into a raffle, and I hope an off-the-shelf listener does win that, so please, you can pre-order the book, go back to her website and follow the instructions there. You can also pre-order the book directly at patsimmons.net. Again, that's Pat Simmons' new book, Crowning Glory. She is the author of the Guilty Book series. Uh, and again, Pat Simmons, Crowning Glory. We are so, so grateful that she was here with us. For those of you who want to check out her other titles, she has also authored Talk to Me, Guilty of Love, Not Guilty of Love, and Still Guilty. And Crowning Glory is her latest, her absolute latest. And you've heard her go in depth about the story. It's a, it's a book that has enough conflict and true life. Uh, around true life events to it, although it's a, a work of fiction, that it will keep you turning the pages and leave you changed for the better as you finish reading the very last line of Crowning Glory by Pat Simmons. Pat, we thank you so much for being here with us on Off the Shelf. Encourage our listeners to support Crowning Glory, your latest and your greatest, and your website, patsimmons.net. For Off the Shelf listeners, we'll be back next Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning. I look forward to seeing you. For now, remember, you're so truly valuable and so incredibly blessed. Go out and create a marvelously good day for yourself. And, Pat, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. You are the best. Oh, thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.